Good morning, everybody, on this wonderful frosty morning, actually, and welcome to Ask the Experts, a daily series from 8.30 to 9 a.m. to help small businesses. Ask any questions in the comments or use the hashtag QBATE on Twitter. And if you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. So during this live session, we'll be running a poll, so please do engage with it, and I'll reveal the results in the end. Um, and uh, yes, my name is Sean Goldsmith, and uh, I, I work in, with a company called The Special Advisor. And what I predominantly do is I work with the franchising industry to help them solve the problems that they face on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's been really interesting. We are one day away from Britain's next lockdown, lockdown 2.0. And the big question on everybody's lips is what are we going to do as small businesses? And you know, if you think about it, um, I suppose us uh, small businesses and franchisors are long in the tooth enough to know that four weeks doesn't necessarily mean small uh, four weeks in in small business terms, because you know you've got to you've got to shut everything down and then you've got to restart. And and every single month or or even week sometimes that you that you close operations down, you know, it takes two or three weeks to actually get yourself started up again. So, you know, in reality, this lockdown is, um, I suppose, good for, 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 for uh, the community. It's good for England. It's good for stopping the coronavirus. Um, but it couldn't really have come at a worse time for, for small businesses in general. But, you know, we're a resilient bunch. Uh, you know, we're not called entrepreneurs for nothing. Um, and we're certainly not called franchisors for nothing because what we do is we solve problems, don't we? You know, and there's absolutely no point in sitting back and feeling sorry for ourselves when really, you know, it could have been so much worse. So the one thing that I would definitely say is, uh, well, I've always done this in my life and I would suggest that you do this in yours too, is take a look at the past to try and predict the future. Uh, the future. So let's talk about the original lockdown. And, you know, that came at a, as, a, as a massive shock to, to the whole wide world and the franchising world in particular, because if you, if you think about it, franchisors, not only is trying to look after their own small business, what they're also doing is they are sometimes helping hundreds of other small businesses find their way and live their dreams and achieve everything that they wanted to in life. So when lockdown happened originally, it was absolute chaos. There was massive amounts of pivoting. There were companies that within 24 hours took a whole sort of, uh, you know, their whole offering online. Uh, there were children's sector um, businesses that were just astounding, you know, from from today where they were in village halls and, uh, you know, in, in locations all across the UK. Um, and the very next day they were on Zoom and they were offering those same classes to their customers throughout throughout the country. But there were so many sectors that, that uh, you know, couldn't do that. And we're very, very grateful for all the support that the government gave uh, to the small business community. You know, I'm, I'm involved with businesses all around the world. And I have to say, you know, what Britain managed to pull out of the bag, uh, or at least the government did, was, was far better than what I've seen in other countries. My home country, South Africa, uh, small businesses had no support whatsoever. Um, so, you know, it was, it was really good from that point of view. But the innovation was, was really key, right? So what we did is we decided to, you know, get ourselves online. Uh, you know, we started offering our services. We then realized that once you're online, you're actually competing with the whole wide world, not just with your local community. And, and strangely, you know, we suddenly realized that by having geographic locations, what you've got is a, you've got your own little island. You can spot your competitors. When you go online, they're everywhere, you know, and there's a lot more of them. 
So we had to innovate again, and we had to come up with better solutions for being able to offer these online and interactive uh, sort of courses so that it worked for everybody and, it, and we managed to retain our clients, et cetera. That was one aspect of it, and that was an absolute key aspect. And then suddenly what happened, especially in the franchising industry, is we realized that the lockdown was going to last a lot longer than everybody expected. Um, the money that uh, people were getting from the government, from bounce back loans, et cetera, uh, was not going to just be a three-month problem. You know, the lockdown was going to last a lot longer, and we needed to find ways to generate income and revenue um, throughout that time. So what happened is all the glass walls that uh, existed previously, those glass walls between competitors, uh, between companies, suddenly became irrelevant. And you saw very, very strong competitors suddenly collaborating and working together. So I run a, a group called the Franchise Mastermind Group um, on Facebook, and we have about 360 franchisors, so the owners of the franchise networks um, within that group. And I have to tell you, they are the most extraordinary people. I've never, ever seen people work so selflessly to uh, help their franchisees, you know, survive the whole lockdown scenario. Um, it was wonderful to see. And what well, the most special bit about it was that people who literally were right next to each other in, in the competitive market were actively collaborating, uh, collaborating. They were using words, simple words like, you know, we're all in this together. I know it's a cliche, but it wasn't, was never, ever more relevant at that stage. Um, the collaboration between competitors and companies that actually would complement each other in terms of services. So, for example, you know, the guys who did the dog walking would be collaborating with the guys who did the pet sitting. Um, you know, the swimming schools, as an example, were using a lot of their knowledge um, and they were actually trying to get more information out to, to guys who were doing dance classes. Um, you know, everything was just happening in, a, in the most magnificent way. So this next four weeks, we don't have the problems that we had before. We don't have that situation where we, um, you know, where we don't know what's coming. We don't need to pivot. The one thing that we do need to do is we do need to reignite the fire because I think this is a bit of a universal truth. The last four to six weeks, um, people have really just put their heads down and they've really just been starting to get momentum in their businesses. Um, and the lockdown now is a little bit of a, a touch of demotivation. Um, and what I'm here to tell you to do as entrepreneurs and as business owners and as franchisors, right, is dig deep once again. Just dig deep once again. You guys can actually do this. Uh, there's always solutions to problems. And don't feel over, overwhelmed by it. Um, anyway, so we are actually starting to see some questions coming through. Please, if you do have any questions, uh, please, please pop them through um, in the in the usual the usual way. Um, I guess my last sort of uh, comments to you are really, you know, think about what your planning is going to be looking like over the next few weeks. Um, this is a four-week lockdown, but in all honesty, you know, uh, a number of politicians have now confirmed that they cannot confirm uh, the length of the lockdown. So in terms of your planning, you know, plan for February or March, you know, make all, the, make all the plans that you need to, to be able to, you know, ride out quite a long lockdown and, and, and then find yourself in a position where you are pleasantly surprised because it doesn't last that long. But whatever you do, don't plan for just a four-week lockdown because, you know, it, it just puts you in an awful position again when you, you know, if you get to that and there's an extension for whatever, for whatever reason. Anyway, so we have got a question from Phoebe from Instagram. Morning, Sean. Are you seeing any trends in the kind of franchises that have picked up 
post the first lockdown. Um, certainly. I mean, you know, the, the, the one sector that I think has been absolutely flying is the home care sector. I mean, they have been they've been heroic. I think that's the only only word I can use. Um, so the franchising sector, if you if you think about the home home care side of things, um, you know they they have been the largest contributor um, to going into the homes of the elderly and the most vulnerable. Um, you know during lockdown, <clears throat> it's been incredible. Um, you know they're private private people. They're not part of the NHS necessarily, but they really have been propping up Britain in a big way. So they are one of the one of the industries where you know we can confidently put a little stamp next to their name and say say pandemic proof um, as a as a franchise. Um, extraordinary humans. Um, there have been a number of other 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 sectors that have done well, but that one really stands out in my mind. Um, so you know, take a look at it. Um, I think it's well worth it if you are in the in, in the market for franchises at the moment. And then we have Laura from Twitter. Hi, Sean. My question is regarding the uh, hiring of uh, hiring for a franchise. Will the franchisor help me with hiring and training, or is it the responsibility of the franchise owner? Um, Laura, really, really good question. Um, the answer is both. So, what a good franchisor will do is they will give you all of the tools and all of the knowledge in order to be able to to um, do the hiring. Depends on the sector too, because you know, as we were talking about the home care sector, there's a it's a little bit more involved. Um, you know, there's police checks and all that, all that kind of thing that need to happen. But generally speaking, you know, this is still your business. You know, um, although you're part of a franchise, it is still your business, right? And when you when you hire people, um, you need to be confident with them. Very, very difficult for a franchisor from you know their head office or wherever it might be to be able to make that kind of call on your behalf. Um, but they will give you guidelines and they will say to you, look, you know, you should try and aim for this type of person versus this type of person, you know, this type of CV versus that type of CV. Um, but again, you've also got the added benefits of a franchise network around you. So, you know, you can speak to your other franchisees, just have a word with them and figure out, you know, what what has worked and what has not worked. Um, I think that's probably the best advice I can give you. <laughs> Otherwise, just phone your franchisor and just say, look, I need some extra help. And uh, I'm 100% sure that they they definitely would. Right, next question. Uh, we have Jenny from Instagram. Hi, have there been any, any changes to the amount of money required to invest in a franchise business or has it become lower because of the pandemic? Um, a very, very good question, actually. So we had a bit of a debate about this in the in the uh, Franchise Mastermind um, a few days ago. Um, a lot of franchises have lowered their prices. A lot haven't. Um, you know, I've I've got a I've got a slightly different view on the on the actual charges that a franchise all puts um, up front. So the initial franchise fee. Um, in many ways, if you can afford the original price, that's a really good thing for you because what you do want if you're buying into a franchise is you want a strong and stable franchisor, right? So if the franchisors are, you know, cutting down their prices just to make sales, um, you know, I would, I would, I would take a deep, deep look at that. Um, you know, there are some great businesses out there, and if you are able to pay the full franchise fee, just remember they're a business, right? So if, if this was your business and you had to cut your margins massively by 50% or whatever that case might be, it's going to affect your ability to be able to provide a service. So, you know, in the best possible way, what you want is your franchisor to be as strong as humanly possible, especially now, especially now, you know, because then they can provide you, they're financially able to provide you with all of the support and the, and the help that you need. So, yeah, um, I have seen that trend happening. Um, whether I agree with it or not, uh, it's, you know, 
I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. Time will tell. Time will tell. Right. Anyway, Darcy from Facebook. Uh, let's just take a look at what Darcy has to say over here. Right. So it's, uh, Darcy says, you've talked about strategic alliances and means of marketing. Can you share some examples of businesses who have used this route to grow during lockdown? Um, I can, actually. So we've got a couple of um, businesses that I, that I know of. Um, you know, so um, the pet care sector has been has been really really good at this because there are some businesses that are just doing um, sort of uh, you know pet sitting and there's dog walkers. Um, those guys have been collaborating really really well. Um, I know that uh, with the children's sector, there's been a lot of uh, collaboration over there. I still remember one 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 example in particular. Um, uh, uh, one of the founders of a company called Popolo Ceramico. Um, she put together a TikTok video with a bunch of other franchisors. Um, it was really, really great to see because it was really, really interactive, and you know they were passing the ball from one one screen to another. Um, so there must have been about five franchisors involved in that. Um, but other than that, also f- uh, franchisees have been working really well together. You know, so uh, when they're in uh, similar sectors, um, you know, just contacting their competitors, and this has often been the franchisors who have been encouraging them. Uh, you know, contacting their competitors and just saying, listen, let's just split the money uh, on on an advert, a local advert. So magazine adverts, as an example, you know, taking a full page and doing the artwork, you know, as, as half pages sometimes can work out a little bit cheaper than, you know, going for, for the quarter page or the half page yourself. Uh, I hope that answers the question. Uh, there are a lot more examples. If you want to contact me directly, just uh, via email, I'd be more than happy to talk you through how that can work and, you know, why, how that might work for your business. Right, Sarah from Twitter. Morning, Sean. I've been planning on taking a franchise since last year. I postponed the idea during lockdown, but I'm looking at it again. Should my research find the right franchise or, um, sorry, should my research to find the right franchise or be conducted any differently during these times? Um, <clears throat> you know, Sarah, the, and, and this advice is advice I was giving to people pre-lockdown too. The single most important thing that you can do when you are researching a franchise is to get to know the people who are going to be supporting you on an ongoing basis, right? So quite often what happens when people buy a franchise is they are faced with a franchise salesperson. Um, And that franchise salesperson is, uh, you know, generally a very genuine human being. They are telling you uh, all the facts about the franchise, Um, you know, but that being said, they are quite charismatic and, you know, they're all of these great things and they they often will say what you want want, want to hear. What you want to do is during your franchise recruitment process, as you're going through those steps, spend some time with the support team, right? Ask to speak to the head of support. Ask to speak to the head of operations, right? Because those are the people that are going to be with you for the next five years if you buy your franchise, right? So they are absolutely critical. Find out how long they've been with the business. Ask them, you know, good and interesting questions that give you an indication as to how you will, how they will help you deal with particular situations. Um, speak to the marketing person. Understand more about their role and how they've helped other franchisors um, or franchisees. Um, very, 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 very important because I've I've seen this hundreds of times, and I've I've literally helped launch over a thousand small businesses over the last eighteen years. And very rarely do people want to know very much about what the operational team are doing. Um, so that's my advice to you. That's the big change. And then um, the other bit of advice that I would definitely give is speak to some of the franchisors and simply ask them, how is your franchise, how, speak to the franchisees and ask them how the franchisor has dealt with lockdown. 
Um, so in the vast majority of cases, certainly the, the franchisors within the mastermind, um, you know, the feedback from their franchisees has been unbelievably positive. You know, just loads and loads of emails. And I know this because they, the franchisors were overwhelmed and they, used to, they would post this into the mastermind group. So, you know, speak to the franchisees, ask them how the franchisor dealt with the lockdown. Um, and that's, that's probably the best two sources of, of information that you could have um, when buying a franchise. And again, you know, honestly, if you need any advice or you just want to talk it through, I'm, I'm available. Just contact me and I'm more than happy to talk you through things like that. Right. Andrew from Instagram. Uh, Sean, you spoke about innovation, like going online and investing in uh, digital marketing is key to surviving the current climate. How should, we, how should one look at these in, innovations as a short-term solution to put the fire out or invest only in long-term solutions? Um, look, I, I've, I own a, a, a franchise network that's actually, you know, this is quite, a, quite an important question. So pivoting and going online um, has been has been a crucial element about of of their survival, right? So, in order for them to actually survive the the lockdown, they had to go online. But their customers are absolutely desperate for that face to face contact again, right? So, so the demand for face to face has has uh, as if anything gone up. Um, and you know, the online offering is still a, a challenging thing because what you do have to do is you've got to spend money. You've got to spend money to try and just get your name out there at the moment in digital marketing. I mean, Facebook has been has been the hero in terms of marketing platforms. I think over the over the lockdown, especially on a local basis, um, you know, a lot of franchisors have have got a lot of headway. Um, but also things like Instagram Reels, etc., those have been really good. And live broadcasts are, are are great for all of that. But my in answer to your question, what I would say is I don't think that digital or face-to-face -face are necessarily going to be um, sort of mutually exclusive, if you know what I mean. So what I would say is that, you know, have your digital offering, keep continuously sort of developing that and making it better, but still remember that we, we are humans, right? We crave contact. And at some point, you know, the, the, the classes are going to open and the ability to be with, in a room with people is going to exist. And I think if you if you don't keep that in in the back of your mind, um, albeit in a in a hybrid type of form, you know, um, I think that you probably lose out a little bit. So you know, think about digital as 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 something that is just now part of your offering, um, and still remember just to have the 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 face to face sort of side of things going. I think that's pretty much the the best advice that I can give, I guess, at this stage. Um, Again, you know, feel free to contact me if you have any any questions at all. Um, right, I've got a question here from Victor from Instagram. So let me just quickly get this um, up a little bit. Sorry, guys. Um, I've taken a fitness franchise and I'm thinking of terminating the agreement. What is the right way to go about it? Uh, I might want to go back uh, to it once we're back to normal life after COVID. Um, Victor, look, you, the um, the big challenge that you have is that franchise agreements are very robust. So the best way to go about um, kind of you know moving away from from the franchise um, is to speak to your franchisor. You know, so take a look at what's what uh, your franchise agreement says, um, and have a word with your franchisor and see whether or not there's a possibility of of uh, you know, suspending the agreement and having it start up at a later stage, um, you know, or, or something of that of that um, sort. Um, it's very, very difficult because even in the COVID times, you know, the franchise agreements are incredibly um, strong. 
Um, so if the franchisor decides to, um, you know, to say, well, look, actually, Victor, you need to stay on and we need to push this and, you know, there's ability to carry on, um, then, you know, it's very, very difficult to wiggle wiggle out of that agreement. So I know it's not necessarily the right phrase there, um, but these things are not designed to to make it easy for people to sort of get out because they need to protect the brand, you know, and that's what franchise, what a lot of people don't really sort of understand about franchise agreements. They're not there to try and, you know, uh, target specific people or be, be overly harsh with anybody. What they are there to do is to actually protect the network. Um, so, you know, if your gym in, in good times outside of COVID, if your gym uh, was open for three weeks um, and then closed down, the impact on, a bra- on the brand would be, would be vast across the country. Um, you know, so the best advice, go and speak to your franchisor. Um, I think at this stage, most of them are going to be very, very uh, sort of open to, to ideas. Um, and, um, yeah, if, if they're willing to allow you out of your franchise agreement, I think that, um, you know, that's the best way to go. Gary from Twitter, how are you motivating your clients and keeping the spirits high in these times? Uh, grit and smiles, Gary, is the answer. <laughs> Look, it's tough for all of us. It is absolutely tough for all of us. You know, the, the amount of time I was just saying um, to, to somebody yesterday, I looked at my calendar and I, I don't have a lunch break or a supper break for the next two weeks, you know, um, starting early in the morning and finishing early at night. The thing that I, that I keep in my head is that, you know, this, this is not the worst that can be, you know, and I'm very, very grateful for, for what we actually do have. And I think that gratitude is going to be a really key sort of element over here. You know, um, my, my grandfather, my grandmother, my grandmother was in Paddington during the war and, you know, granddad was on the, one of the Royal Navy ships. And, um, you know, I think that I get a lot of, a lot of my uh, strength and attitude just from listening to what they went through b- before. And I know it's not the same thing, but, you know, I kind of, I kind of feel like it's just a, a duty to, to keep a positive attitude and keep going. And my attitude affects the clients and the people that I work with, right? So within the Franchise Mastermind, we are, we are doing lockdown 2.0 and we're ramping up the energy. And, uh, you know, I know that my role is to be the pilot flame that, that fires up the boiler, you know? So um, I think it's really is just down to a positive attitude um, and digging deep and just finding, finding the shining lights in the, in the, in the darkness, um, there's nothing more than that. And uh, you'll be very surprised how quickly uh, people will, will come to you and, you know, and, and, and gain their energy from your energy. You know, I think that's, uh, that's probably what I have to say about that. Uh, Kingsley from Facebook Messenger. For someone who is planning to invest in a franchise, what do you think the top um, most factors one should focus on in the beginning days of business? Um, you know what, Kingsley, the answer is very, very simple, you know. Uh, if you're buying a franchise, do two things. Listen to your franchisor. They've done it lots and lots of times before. Um, and you might have a good idea, but they've probably tried it and it's either worked or not worked. And if it has worked, they would have told you about it. Um, the second thing is don't focus on anything else except getting clients, right? Network like like it's going out of fashion. At the moment, there are so many networking opportunities out there. Um, you know, as, as far as I can tell, BNI is still is still doing uh, free sessions uh, all across the country, and BNI is one of the one of the most effective sort of networking groups in in the UK, if not the world, uh, for generating business. Right, but it's because they're very disciplined and they're very very structured. Um, but you could probably within about fifteen minutes. 
uh, find 15 or 20 different networking groups that you that you could join online at the moment. Um, and I would just go and do that and build relationships and just speak to humans, you know, and do it on a face-to-face basis. If you can get on the Zooms, get on them, you know, and speak to the people because, you know, I, I've seen a huge number of people just sending me crazy amounts of inv- invites on LinkedIn. Please follow this company. Please do this. Please do this. I don't know them. You know, I might I might uh, link in with them, but I don't know them. And once I get onto Zoom and once I start doing networking, right, it changes because I can see a person's face and, you know, I can start building a, a basic relationship. And then the second thing to do is once you're on those Zooms and once you have uh, sort of spoken to people, you know, you need to follow up with them because it's absolutely pointless in talking to somebody once. You know, it didn't even work when, you know, lockdown didn't exist. So, you know, if you're digital, you're much, much more easily forgotten, I think. Um, so follow up, try and do a one-to-one, uh, try and spend an hour with the person and whatever you do, don't try and sell to them, you know, at that point, just build relationships. And I promise you, everything will work out well, um, you know. Uh, so yeah, um, the only other things that I would say you you should do is just get involved in social media. Never forget about Twitter. A lot of people forget about Twitter um, because they think that it's um, a bit old school. But remember, you know, the generation that's on Twitter now is very different to the generation that uh, was on Twitter a few years ago. Um, So that's a great opportunity. Um, Facebook and Instagram are always powerhouses. Um, Just get onto them and just talk to humans. Just speak to people. Be honest and don't don't try and don't try and market too much. Don't try and be, you know, too big. Just be honest and authentic. And uh, that's always worked well for marketing. Isabella from Facebook Messenger. Hi, Sean. My question is regarding pivoting. Does pivoting your business operations have any adverse effects on the brand? We built a brand that uh, prides, prides itself in personal contact and custom solutions for our customers. Online delivery seemed like a step away from our core brand value. Um, Isabella, yes is, is the answer, but yes and no. They do damage your brand in the sense that, you know, it's not what you've always done and it's not the service that people have, uh, you know, come to love and trust. Um, but you know, during these times, I think people are a little bit forgiving. Um, so your online offering, uh, or at least your, your pivoted offering is just a new type of offering, right? If you can stick to your core values and you can really up the customer service, you know, there's one thing that we always do in the franchising world, at least in the franchises that I work with, um, is, uh, you know, we, we focus on moments of magic. So, you know, when, as an example, you know, uh, there was a franchise I worked with that, uh, that did shutters, um, you know, and one of the moments of magic that we would always focus on, right, was when the installation was complete and we did the unveiling, right, there would also be flowers out there, right? Now, this is an example of, real, of, of face-to-face contact. But if there is anything that you can do with your online uh, sort of service or any additional little, you know, heartfelt thing that you can do for your customers, that's really going to make a big, big difference, um, you know, to to everything that you're doing. So anyway, um, guys, we're just going to we're going to go on to the poll results now. Um, and uh, the poll results are in. We asked you, do you have any uh, do you have enough buffer set aside for the second UK lockdown? And 67% of you said yes, and 33% of you said no. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, that is absolute credit to you guys. And, um, you know, in, in terms of the, the actual buffer, um, I guess the big question is whether or not that, that lockdown is going to last for four weeks. Um, but for you guys to be in a position where you actually do have a buffer is absolutely fantastic. 
Uh, be careful with the money that you have, right? Be very smart with the marketing that you that you do from now on. And um, I guess I guess my message is, if you are going to be doing marketing and you are going to be putting yourself out there, make sure that it's authentic. Make sure that you are speaking from the heart when you're talking to your customers, you know, and put them first and, and the rewards will come in uh, without a doubt. Right, guys. So any questions, please get in touch with QuickBooks support team on Facebook or myself on Sean at thespecialadvisor.com or visit my website, which is also um, www.thespecialadvisor.com. Coming up on Ask the Expert tomorrow is Judith Dugdale, who heads up digital solutions team at MHA Moore and Smalley. Uh, Judith is an expert in helping business owners improve their in-house financial uh, reporting function and bookkeeping efficiency, as well as providing proactive support to help those businesses grow profitably. If you have any questions about the last update uh, from the government, tune in tomorrow and get advice. A reminder that if you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBook SMB community group on Facebook. Accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. It's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. And as I said, you know, I'm always available. So if you have any questions, please contact me and uh, I'd be more than happy to help.